0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, what's going on on a Sunday? How are you feeling? You guys are excellent over here. How's everybody feeling on a Sunday? Come on. Yeah. That's good. Listen, I'm going to have, I'm going to tell you. I don't know what the deal was at the beginning with first service. Maybe their masks were on too tight. But just go ahead, listen, I'm gonna tell, I may tell a joke or two, I may tell a story or two, and I need you to act like it's the funniest thing you've ever heard. I need help, okay? Because this is my first time preaching in front of like live human beings in months. And man, it's been, Me and the the camera. But it's such a joy to see some of your faces. Others, your foreheads are beautiful. For those of you that are joining us online, we love you. We're so glad that you are a part of what God's doing here at Christian Life Austin. And I'm excited about diving into God's Word with you today. I'm going to talk to you about a subject that has been... Really, I think God has placed it in the forefront of my mind recently. Um, and by recently, I mean the last several months. And it, it's a concept that I really truly believe that if each one of us would grab these principles from the word of God and start implementing them in our life, that we would see a ripple effect. That it would start in your families and then in you know your, your close sphere of influence and then in maybe your jobs, maybe in your communities. And that's the way things start, you know that, right? It starts with you and it starts with me. It starts with me changing and putting in to practice the word of God. And once I do it, then other people, I can influence others to do it. And then they can influence others to do it. And so I'm excited about what God's going to share with us. And I hope, listen, I hope your hearts are open. I hope your minds are ready. I hope you're ready to get behind me because I'm glad that it's not just me and the camera so let's do this hey we're going to talk about we're going to talk about a concept that you it may not be what you think it is but it's the concept of listening and hearing the concept of listening and hearing and i'm going to this is a weird title but you're just going to have to stay with me so for the next few minutes i'm going to talk to you from this subject that's not an antique look at the person next to you and telling me you're not an antique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to dive in. We're going to start with John chapter 10 verse 3, a very familiar passage of scripture. Jesus is speaking and he would say this, "The gatekeeper opens the gate." And Jesus would often use metaphors and he calls himself the shepherd and he calls us the church, the sheep. And he says, "And the sheep, this is this is powerful. The sheep listen, to his voice, this is a unique concept. Listening to the voice of God. So, so what sheep have the ability to do is to hear God clearly. To hear God clearly, they even say that uh, shepherds can can be walking down a road or the side of a road, and they can mix their flock, and with one sound made by the shepherd, the flock knows that sound and knows the voice of the shepherd. And if the shepherd starts walking this way and makes that sound, the the sheep will begin to follow the shepherd because sheep know the sound of the shepherd. It's an innate ability that they have. And so Jesus would say that he calls out his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when God has brought them all out his own, he goes ahead of them. Verse four says this, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Here's Here's where I want you and I to kind of get a hold of this for just a moment, but they also never follow the stranger. They never follow a competing voice in their life. In fact, they run away from those competing voices because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. I wonder what it would look like collectively as a church if every one of us would choose to allow allow this to play out in our lives, that I choose. If we made a choice that says from this day forward, I choose to listen for God's voice in everything before I make that appointment at work, before I answer that text message, before I I press send on that social media post, I, I, I choose to pause and just see what God may say about what it is that I'm about to, how much different, right? If you would filter everything that you do with that, literally not, listen, I'm not just saying like you just kind of say that as Christians do sound, like I'm gonna, yeah, that's what we're, no, no, no. No, but you, you did more than say it, right? We're good at saying it, come on, I'm good at saying it. But instead of just saying it, we actually walked that out and we listened to the voice of our shepherd. I think you're all aware of this, but if, if you're not, let me let you in on a little secret. God doesn't have a speaking problem. You, you, you recognize that if you can't hear and feel and distinguish the voice of God, that it's not because God is struggling to speak to his people. That's not the problem at all. In fact, the third verse in the Bible would say this, and God said. God speaks at the beginning, and guess what? Revelation says that God's speaking to the church. He's speaking seven times. Revelation 2 and 29 would say this, let those hear, let them who have ears hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. See, we serve. You and I serve a God that is trying to talk to his people and communicate with us and nudge us and move us and drop things into our spirit. But but oftentimes we struggle to understand. Many people don't know what the voice of God feels like and sounds like. And we don't really even know how to get ready to hear that and understand his nudgings and his promptings in our life. Luke chapter eight, verse eight would say it this way. Jesus, I'm speaking, so let him who has ears, let him hear. Now, let me share something with you that I've learned. You guys haven't learned this. See, I've got an amazing marriage, but it's not a perfect marriage because we're two human beings and we ain't perfect. Now I have an amazing wife, and she is as close to perfect. Is she over here? Hey, there she is. Fancy seeing you here. So generally, this falls in, in my boat. I'm gonna be honest with you. And y'all don't have to be transparent because you're not the one talking, so you can sit there and laugh at me, but this is true. Like, you ever you ever had um a a lovely dispute? We'll talk call it that way, with your with your significant other. And I don't know. I don't really have this problem, truthfully. But let's use this. Like, you forget men to put the toilet seat down. I heard, oh, that's funny. And then, like, you get a response to that that is so much greater than the response you should have gotten to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, like, how did we just get here? Like, elevation, uh, the, the tension in the room is high. I just forgot to put, you didn't even fall in the toilet. Like, it, it, I get it if there would have been an issue, but that didn't even happen. And you it, how do we get here? You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, good, good. First service didn't know. They were really spiritual. They did not know what I was talking about. See, you got, y'all did, y'all loosened. Thank you. The jokes aren't getting any better than this. So you might as well go ahead and laugh. But here's what I've learned. And I think you've probably learned this concept along the way as well, that the issue that is on the surface is very rarely the main issue. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, the thing, it's really just the tipping point for something much larger that's been brewing underneath. Do you know, does anybody else know what I'm talking about? All right, good. You, second service, you're doing amazing. I'm so proud of you. Great job. Thank you for your help. Let me illustrate it, Let me illustrate it this way. Luke chapter eight. Let's, let's back up to right before that statement in verse number eight. He says, you, you've got to have the right kind of ears. And so he, he shares a powerful story about a farmer. And he says, a farmer goes out to sow seed. Some falls along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. But there's another scenario where where some of the seed falls among the rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. So, So there were rocks in the soil. There was something competing with the seed. And then he lays out a third scenario. He says, "...an other seed fell among the thorns which grew up with it and choked out the plants." And finally, and this is my favorite, he says, some of the seed that the farmer threw on the ground fell on good soil, sprang up, and yielded a crop of a hundredfold. This, this is amazing. I, I, like, I like that part. That's the one that I want in my life. So, but here's what I want you to understand. So, so if the soil was right, the seed was received better. Right. If the soil is right, the seed is received. If I had a handful of seed in my pocket and I threw it out on the platform here, you could come back in one year and you know what you would see? Hopefully the stage would be clean because we would vacuum by then. But if we didn't, you would still see seed laying on the... There would be no growth because the environment that the seed was placed in is not conducive to growth. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Okay. And then he says he says this verse number 8 he who has ears let him hear. And so I want you to I want you to understand this as we dive in today that it's not an issue with God talking to you and I. It's not an issue of God prompting us and nudging us. He is still in that business. He is still speaking to his people. And you gotta remember that the main problem that's on the surface is very rarely the main root cause. There's something brewing underneath. And so I would argue that the reason if you are struggling to feel the prompting and hear the voice of God in your life, I would argue that chances are it's not because your ears have an issue. I would argue rather that the soil of your heart would be the underlying issue, that's not allowing your ears to hear what it is that God is trying to place in your life and try to, to speak to you. It's an issue of the heart. And so if it is a heart issue, then I think it becomes very necessary for you and I to be aware of several several soil conditions of our heart. If the thing that God is trying to speak to us depends on the condition of our heart, then it becomes very necessary for you and I to make sure that the soil of our heart, that when God deposits a seed, that it's placed in an environment where the seed can spring forth and grow. And so, so after the, the parable of the sower, Jesus then, in the, in the following passage, begins to explain what he's meaning in this parable. And so we pick up in verse number 11, it says, This is the meaning of the parable the seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil, remember the bird from our earlier story, comes and takes the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. So so what does that mean for you and I? It means that every time God is speaking to you and to me, there is a real life enemy that is throwing stuff into the soil of your heart to try and make sure that you don't receive God's word properly. You and I are fighting a spiritual battle whether you can see it or not. There is a real life enemy that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God is trying to do in your world. And so the devil comes and takes it away, takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. So the the first type of soil that I want you to be aware of, and I think maybe some of us in the room can identify with our hearts and this type of soil being what our hearts are actually looking like in this day and age, you got to be aware of contaminated soil. you got to be aware of, of contaminated soil. In essence, God is trying to communicate, but sometimes our hearts are contaminated by the things that we collect along the journey. Does anybody, do you know what I'm talking about? So maybe you, over the years, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll start to pick up and become collectors of shame and guilt because of mistakes and choices that you made 10 years ago. And you you've begin to harbor it and you begin to place it into your life and you've allowed, allowed it to soak in and to become who you are and what you are. It's defined you. Maybe bitterness, maybe anger because of the way a boss treated you or or you're struggling with with self-esteem issues or trying to figure out who you are because of what somebody close to you said about you. And you begin to collect some things over time and it's began to contaminate the soil of your heart. And oftentimes we don't even know the damage that has been done. But it's there and it's building up, and it's restricting the voice of God to flow freely and and to distribute out to other parts of the body. You know, are you with me this morning? And so the enemy tries nonstop to put things in our path, and if you're not careful, listen, you've gotta be on the lookout and not allow it to settle. Listen, I understand things come in, but you've got to be able to filter it and say, you don't belong here, get out. You've got to be spiritually aware enough. But, but, but sometimes we collect so much stuff to the point that it doesn't even matter what God is saying, because we've allowed things to, to take over the soil of our heart. And and now it wouldn't even matter how amazing it was that God was trying to drag, You wouldn't even believe it because you're you're listening and, and hearing other things. And it's amazing how much clearer God's voice is when we choose to get rid of some of the things that we've collected over the years. Some of us say from time to time, God never speaks to me. Like I'm looking for direction and wisdom. And I want to ask you in the most loving way possible, could it be because you've allowed plaque to build up in the soil of your heart over time, not just one instance, but but several things that begin to collect in the arteries of your heart, and you've, you've collected some junk that is starting to contaminate everything that you do. James, watch this, 1 and 21 would say it this way, get rid of Like, not if you want to. No, no, no. Get rid of the filth and the evil in your life. How many of you know that there's still sin in the world? Like, there's still some things that are right, and there's still some things that are wrong. And the things that are wrong, the Bible is very clear that you and I are to get rid of them out of our life. And then, this is, this is the beauty of it. When you do that, you will be able to humbly accept the message, the voice, the word that God has planted in your heart for it is strong enough to save your souls. Be on the lookout for contaminated soil. How is your heart? Maybe, maybe you don't really identify with the contaminated soil. Perhaps you identify with the second type of soil condition. Luke 8, 13 through 14, remember we talked about rocky soil. Watch this, he says it represents those who receive the message, they're hearing the word, they're receiving it in joy, but just like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. In fact, they believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. And it's because it was competing with something else. This is what we're calling distracted soil. Distracted soil. And just because it's a distraction doesn't mean that it has to be bad. In fact, a lot of the things that you and I get distracted by in life are actually pretty good things. Sometimes they're decent things, but, but they're not the main thing. And we get distracted from having a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. And listen, I'm for, I am a proponent of coming to church. I am, we need, we need to gather together. But if this is all you do, can I tell you that there is so much more? Like, Listen, you can come in here and feel the presence of God, and and we're instructed to do that, but can I tell you how, how necessary it is to have a relationship with God outside of the four walls of a church building? Can I tell you how much greater your life will be if every once in a while you turn on some worship music in your car when you're driving to work or wherever it is that we can drive to these days and just allow the presence of God to flood your soul. Every once in a while you wake up before the kids get up or before your alarm is supposed to go off and you open up the word of God and you let it talk to you in a real and a fresh way. I'm telling you. It will change your life. We're distracted. See, a lot of us can't hear the voice of God because we hear everybody else. It's like like being in a football stadium, trying to talk to the person that you're at the game with, like a really great, amazing story, and somebody just scores a touchdown. Everybody's going nuts. And you hear every, but you can't hear the person that's right next to you telling you something so amazing. It wouldn't matter because everything around you is so loud. You've turned the volume up to everybody else, but you, and in, in turn, by accident, most of the time we turn the volume down to God speaking to us. And God, listen, God's talking, but in this day and age, he's got a lot of competition, and we place that competition, I'm talking to me, I ain't just preaching to y'all, I'm preaching straight to me too. Maybe it's your cell phone, maybe it's hobbies, maybe it's work, I don't know what it is, but can I just implore you on this Sunday to not get distracted by the side dishes of life. They may be good and they may taste good. It may be fried okra and I love fried okra. But it ain't the chicken fried steak, right? That's not the main thing. And if we're not careful, you and I will get so busy on things that don't really matter that we lose sight of the big picture of what really does matter. How is your heart? Distracted soil. Think about Luke chapter 10, Jesus is having dinner with two sisters, Jesus is in the same house saying the same thing to both of these ladies, but one of them hears and understands they have different experiences because one has ears to hear and the other doesn't. In fact, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus listening to him, but but her sister Martha, she was doing what seemed to be a good thing, right? She was overly occupied and distracted by trying to make sure everything was just in place. She was listen. She was distracted serving Jesus that she neglected spending time with Jesus. Ooh, come on! I know. Listen, it's easy. It's easy to serve Jesus but forget to spend time with him. I wonder, listen, how different would our lives look if we chose to not just serve him and make him the Lord of our life, but every day we walked out the principles that were in this Bible to the best of our ability. In order to hear God's voice, listen, many of us are gonna have to turn down the world's volume somewhere. We're on the lookout for contaminated soil, or on the watch for distracted soil. But then there's there's a third. Maybe neither one of those spoke to you. Watch what verse fourteen says: that the seed fell among the weeds. Let me ask you a question: H- Have you ever tried to grow a weed? You ever gone to Home Depot and say, "Hey, where's your weeds?" No. Why? Because they grow naturally. It just happens. You can put all the paper down, you can do everything you want. Now, let me ask you this when you drive by your neighbor's house, it's not going to be your house, it's always the neighbor, okay? And you see their yard is weed infested. Some of y'all are like that's my yard. <laughs> what does that speak to? Man, they just don't care about their yard. It speaks to neglect. That you don't, you're not taking care of what you have. It, it, it's neglect. I don't have time for that. It's not that that important. My goodness, I got so many other things to do, like sit on the couch and watch TV. So busy. Especially during lockdown, right when we're <laughs> so much stuff to do, yard work. Oh. It speaks to neglect. Not into it anymore. Nah, I'm kind of done with that. I'm over it. Some of the seed. Let me let me say it this way: is just falling among neglect, and they go on their way. The Bible says, and they're choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures and they, this is an important word, and they don't mature. Wow, they don't mature. And let me illustrate the word mature this way. If you have kids or grandkids, you'll know this to absolutely be true. See, I have to have different conversations with my kids based upon their maturity level. Like I can't say the same thing to my four-year-old the way that I would say it to my nine-year-old because one is more mature than the other and they have the the ability to understand what I'm trying to say. And so, so let me just get right up in your face. Can I get there? Will you allow me in? Put your mask on, I'm coming in, okay? If you're dissatisfied with your level of communication with God, could it be that you and I might need to deal with some neglect in our relationship with him? That we've just chosen to do other things, or we've gotten to the place. Listen, let me tell you, I, we're we're church, we're watching church online in like the first two weeks. Man, we're on the edge of our seat. Let's go. Woo! By week seven, you're in your PJ, just sitting in the is, is, is Pastor Preaching. Come on, right? And and it's not, it just happens. I'm not ragging anybody. Come on, I'm just being honest with you. Is, Is there some things, has your spiritual life been neglected recently? Could neglect be the reason that you're not hearing God the way that he's speaking? Listen, he will speak to you on the level of your maturity. So maybe, maybe we need to spiritually mature a little bit. What does that look like? That's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. That means, that means there's always more in a relationship with your Savior. That means that wherever you are, no matter where you are, if you've been living for Him for five minutes or 57 years, there is always more in Him. And you don't ever get to the point where you're like, all right, I'm done. Woo! My yard looks great. Guess what? Two weeks later, there's weeds. Maybe you've never been water baptized. Can I tell you, you need to be water baptized. That's the next step for you. Maybe you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you what an amazing life it is to be Spirit-filled and follow after Him in that way? There's always more. There's always more. It never ends. That's the beauty of it. You don't get to the point point. you're like, oh, that was great. conversation between you and God is going to change. Listen, when we, when we mature a little bit. And here, here's, here's a fun one. I like this one a lot. There's one more soil condition, and it's found in verse 15. The seed that fell on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word they retain the word by preserving it produces. That is the type of soil that I want this heart to be made of. I want my heart, come on, I can't speak for you, but I will speak for me. As for me in my house, this is Brad language, we wanna have a heart that is made of producing soil, that when the word of God hits our family, that it doesn't just fall, it's not an ear issue, but when it falls on our heart, that our heart is prepared, that our heart has done, we've done some work. how, How do you have a prepared heart? Let me tell you, they have been willing to till up the difficult areas in their life and work it out and deal with the mess that sometimes forms in our heart. Because here's what I want when when God drops something into our spirit, I want it to land in a place where the fruits of the spirit can be evident. See, God's dropping things into your heart, but it's so contaminated with stuff, you're so distracted that the fruits of the spirit can't be evident and they have no room to grow. So let me illustrate to you how we do this, right? That's the important part now. We know what to be on the lookout for. But how do we have this type of producing soil? How do we move there, right? I don't want to do that by telling you a story about one of my favorite people that ever walked on this planet, my grandfather. He, uh, we buried him at the beginning of this year at the age of 92, y'all, 92. Um, He was a phenomenal, phenomenal human being. But let me tell you how great he was to illustrate my point where I'm going in just a moment. He was a man that was married to my grandmother for 73 years. You just don't see this kind of stuff anymore. He enlisted in the Merchant Marines at 17 and would go on to serve in the army during World War II. A man who was literally in church, his body was riddled with rheumatoid arthritis, but every time that he could get out of bed, which was a lot. He would come to church. He would sit right over here when the building was different. Him and my grandmother right right back here in this section. To the point where he wouldn't even like, until he got in his 90s, he wouldn't even accept a ride on the golf cart. He wouldn't even park in handicap spots. I'm like, listen. You have, you have a handicapped sticker, you're, you're nine, like you, come on, this is, God's blessing you. Get on a golf cart. No, I'm okay, I'm okay. Come walking in on his walker. Wow. But one of my favorite things, and this is gonna sound really random to you guys, but stay with me. One of my favorite things about my grandfather, and one of the things that I really remember about him was his love for antiques. He was an antique collector and after his retirement I don't think this is even a like legitimate phrase but I'm just going to use it cuz it makes sense to me he was a garage selling machine <laughs> Y'all, I'm telling you, every weekend, like we're going back to the days of the classifieds, okay? He would have every garage sale that was listed in the paper. He would have it highlighted. His route would be written out. He knew where he was going. And listen, you didn't get there. If you weren't there like seven hours before it got light, you weren't really doing it right. I remember plenty of those trips with him. But then he would even have, as the internet came around... He would have my dad involved in the process, and they would be, I don't know if it was Craigslist or Facebook wherever people were posting it at that time. My dad had it mapped out for him. He was ready to go. But he was he had such an amazing eye. Like he could he could see value in things that other people had pushed aside for something shiny and something, knew that there was, you know, they they didn't want the wares and the tears of life, but but he could look at something and say, oh, I know that you might have a broken string on the guitar. We may, if I can, if I can just get a hold of that, I'm gonna polish it up. I'm gonna clean it up. I'm gonna make it new. And y'all, he did. He collected some amazing things. Really, I can't go down the list, but I, I've got so much stuff that he has given me over the years. It's just unbelievable. He, he, would, he would buy so much stuff that he had to have a place in Blanco where he would sell it. Like he couldn't just contain it all in his garage. Antique, other antique dealers would buy from my grandfather because he would find stuff just randomly. He didn't have a team. It was just him, 75 years old, cruising on a weekend, finding stuff. But he had a very uncanny ability to see things i mean it was amazing really but over the years he collected a lot of stuff a lot a lot a lot now he wasn't a hoarder so it wasn't it wasn't like that but he would collect so much stuff that it wouldn't he couldn't sell it in blanco It wasn't going with his other antique dealers that were buying from him. And so things would begin to pile up in his own garage. And this is is what I wanna share with you. Even the person that I viewed that had the most keen eye and ability to find value in some antiques would realize every once in a while and that wasn't what i thought it was i missed it and here's what he would have to do this is this is what i want you to catch he would have to have these massive garage sales <laughs> to not necessarily sell the antiques because there was definitely some things that he collected that was a value, but there was also moments in his life when he had to evaluate and he had to walk through his garage and his collection and, and he would have to point out things that he was gonna put in his own garage sale. He'd have to look at things and say, yeah, 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 that's an antique, that, 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 woo, yeah. But then there would be other things that he collected over the years that he would have to point at that he thought, you know what, that used to have value and I thought that this was, but, but that's just not an antique, It's not, no, no, it doesn't have any value. I, I, need, I need to get rid, even the per listen, even the person with the greatest intentions that had the best eye that seemed in my mind to never miss the mark would have to have moments in his life where he would have to walk through and evaluate all the stuff that he had collected over the years and say, you know what? I, I don't think, I, that. no, that's not. That's definitely not an antique. It's time to, time to let it go. It's time to get rid of it. It's time to say no more. It's time to say you're taking you're taking up space of something that could really be valuable in my life. Would you stand with me? And I wonder today I wonder I wonder what that looks like for you and for me. Wow. I wonder what it looks like for you and for me to have this, this moment where we don't care about who's around us, we don't care about egos, we don't care about, uh, oh, just we're just holding on. No, 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 what, what would it look like If you did just a spiritual inventory, what would it look like if you chose to have a spiritual garage sale? Of some things that you collected over the years that that at one time you thought, well, maybe the voice of this person is valuable. And so we, we hold on to it only to get to a point where you realize today that that voice was extremely damaging in your world. I wonder, listen, in just a moment, Pastor Randy's gonna be the only noise that you hear. Well, I'm not singing, I'm not gonna pray. We're gonna have about 30 seconds of every one of us in the room, everybody watching online, where we take a spiritual inventory, where you walk through the garage of your heart and you point out some things. And I wonder, it's gonna take courage, it's gonna take faith, it's not gonna be easy because there's some things that that you've just grown used to in your heart. That it's just there and so you're attached to it and you think it defines you, but it's gonna take courage and it's gonna take faith for you to look at it and say, no, 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 that's not an antique. You have no value in my life and therefore I choose to get rid of it. But the first part of that is taking a spiritual inventory and identifying the things that you need to let go of. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe Listen, maybe it's something that was done to you. I don't know what it is for you, but I know what my things are. And here's what I know, is that when well, you will feel God more closely, you'll, you'll have the ability to hear him when you do spiritually mature things like what we're doing right now, His voice will become clearer to you. He will be able to communicate with you on a level that you've never experienced before because you've done some heart work. You've tilled up the soil of your heart. So we're gonna have an awkward silence for just a moment. And I wonder if you would walk through the corridors of your heart and begin to point out things that don't belong. Can we do that together for just a moment? So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for everybody in our physical location here, everybody online that has had had this holy moment with you. Whereas we we walk through the arteries of, of our heart, we're checking the soil, we're removing the contamination, the things that have settled in our heart that don't belong. You've pointed them out to us. And so now, right, right now, we turn them over to you. It has no value in our lives. It has no value in our heart. It is hurting us to hold on to it. And so today, we choose to let go of some things that we've been holding on to for a long time. And we turn it over to you. It's not mine anymore. God, it's yours. Have your way. Clean out the arteries of our heart, Lord. We, it's not our ears that are keeping us from hearing you and feeling you. It's the soil of our heart is the root cause. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the courage that my friends have had today to identify some things that are hard to let go of because we've been holding so tightly for so long, but thank you for allowing them to release those to you today so that we can be more spiritually mature and you can speak to us and we can feel you and know you in ways that we never dreamed possible. Bless us today for it's in Jesus' name I pray